Welcome to Conversations in Business with RSM, where we talk to business leaders and experts to gain valuable insights that will help you move your business forward. A very warm welcome to our listeners uh, this morning and joining us for another session of Conversations in Business with RSM. For those of you I have not met before, my name is Liz Pinnock. I'm a director and head group legal at RSM South Africa. My professional focus is on corporate commercial law, the restructuring of companies, uh, BE transformation and corporate governance. But today, it gives me great pleasure to introduce uh, Dr. Tashmir Ismail Saville, a very dynamic and driven individual and our CEO of the Youth Employment Service, uh, which we all know as the general public as the YES program. So welcome, Tashmir. Thanks for having me on. Perhaps I can start our conversation with asking you to tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a CEO of the YES program. It sounds to me like you, you came from a medical background and that you yourself started uh, your career as a dentist and then you decided to change direction. So tell us about your journey and how you found yourself now. I've, I've, uh, I've got a, an entrepreneurship gene, I suspect, uh, <laughs> lying in there and, uh, you know, I love studying. I'm a, I, I would like to call myself a lifelong learner. So being at med school was exciting for me. Um, you know, I have an understanding around neuroscience and embryology and head and neck anatomy, which actually has stood me in very good stead, believe it or not, um, because we look at a lot of the business management literature today and so much is going into the space around innovation and change management and understanding human physiology and neuroscience and how it plays into these new uh, business spaces. But, you know, back in the day, studying for dentistry was exciting until I was in my sixth year in practice and realized, okay, I built the business and I had this really successful practice and I needed that continued stimulation. So I I started doing for non-degree purposes, a whole lot of courses through UNISA, which is... I think we might undervalue that institution because <laughs> the most fascinating subjects from the right. comfort of my home, classical civilization, you know, understanding ancient Greek mythology. I did um, English literature and, and, and did the most incredible um, uh, uh, books as part of that, looking at money, power, and greed as themes and <laughs> feminism as a theme. And, and uh, you know, moving on from that, I... I sort of consulted with my dad. He's always been a great guide to me. And I said, I need to shift career. I, I, uh, you know, my mind works in entrepreneurial ways, in innovative ways. And I like working with people and thinking through ideas as a team. And Gibbs Business School had a big competition out for a scholarship to do the MBA. And I won the scholarship, uh, which was the universe sort of giving me a sign that I was on the right path. <laughs> Uh, The business school then offered me a position when I finished my MBA. I was on the dean's list and I got a a distinction on my dissertation, which was was actually a macroeconomics topic. Um, And the business school said, would you stay? We've got this this amazing uh, global project uh, from the European Union. They do these big global framework seven projects, research projects, and it's on innovation networks, global innovation Mm -hmm. Uh, the, this project is to try to understand how companies come up with ideas through the connections that they make. 
and it was Brazil, India, China, you know, BRICS was big at mm. the time. And then there were about eight European countries in the study. And so I sort of fell into the deep end of innovation and innovation management and developed quite an expertise in that space, becoming faculty at Gibbs in innovation, teaching on executive programs uh, and on the MBA program in innovation. And, um, and that, that's where my consulting practice started. So consulting to business uh, on innovation, on change management, customer centricity, the neuroscience of change in an organization, and very importantly and very close to my heart, a topic that I became, I, I would argue, a global specialist in, which is um, inclusive business, which is how do you drive business strategy and innovation in a way that, that takes society forward, that aligns with our sustainable development goals on creating incomes in communities and making lives better, and at the same time, the shared value model where the business also does better, mm. um, you know, building, building uh, mass market segments through relationships that you build and incomes that you build and expanding um, your market size through these models of inclusive innovation. And so I became a specialist in that area and worked in that consulting practice and at Gibbs for a, for a good 10 years uh, mm. until I... Uh, came across the great and amazing Stephen Kossif, who was right. at the time the CEO at Investec. And really, you know, in life, meeting these amazing people, I've just been so blessed and fortunate that these mentors have come into my life at the right moments. And in my interactions with Stephen, he was part of the CEO initiative. Mm. And that CEO initiative was working with, uh, with government uh, on trying to prevent, at the time, in 2017, the ratings downgrades, 2016, 2017. And, um, and, and the Youth Employment Service was birthed from the CEO initiative as an idea that there were areas of the economy that business needed to get involved in, apply their um, business acumen um, into trying to solve what we call wicked problems that plague mm. countries like ours. And these wicked problems are around entrepreneurship and SME development, um, around reindustrialization, and very importantly in South Africa, the big, big, hairy problem is youth unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. These numbers are incredibly scary. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe it's worth mentioning what these numbers are. I mean, we have youth yeah. unemployment numbers of over 65%. In certain communities, female uh, youth unemployment is over 73%. And we have female-headed households which dominate in this country. So yeah. these are women who have young families and they're out of work. The, yeah. problem, the problem is escalating. Uh, in the past decade, we've seen this get worse, not better. We've seen hundreds of thousands of youth entering yeah. the economy every year looking for work, and we've had, we have an economy that is contracted uh, to 2012 levels, 2011 levels, 7% yeah. GDP contraction last year, and, and all these young people moving into the labor force searching for work. So it's, it's, it's a big problem, and the Youth Employment Service was set up via the CEO initiative to address this. And I was the, the founding CEO uh, appointed to work on the policy with the DTIC and government 
on what would sit behind the yes is the incentive and benefit to business to become part of this national initiative and get these young people into work. And that's, uh, that's, that, that's the story. Oh, that's great. That's great, Tash. So, so, so thanks for that. I, I suppose, uh, and, and you've got the numbers, but um, a number of our clients have made contributions towards uh, the YES program. And I suppose their contributions are twofold. Firstly is, just as you've said, they're concerned about the high levels of youth unemployment in South Africa and the, the, the utter despair that these kids are experiencing once they finish matric, if they get a matric, and they yeah. just there's nothing for them. And then I suppose from the business side, they've benefited from from their BEE spend and in some instances going up a level or two on their BEE scorecard. And I think that's the attractiveness around the YES initiative. And I suppose what I'd like to ask you is what does this YES initiative mean to our youth and those SMEs and corporates that have contributed to the program? I mean, mm. do they write to you and say it's been life-changing? Mm. Um, you know, are their stories inspirational? What does it mean to you in terms of this program and the youth? Building YES in, in the economic environment that we've had, because even before COVID, this was not a healthy economy, yeah. is is extremely challenging work. You've got to keep such strength and positivity and optimism and just drive, 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 because you are trying to get companies to expand payroll and invest in youth jobs at a time when their business confidence is at a low. Mm. Now, the, 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 the inspiration and that optimism, every time it's needed feeding, all I have to do is go and take a look at our photographs of our youth in these jobs. Mm. Um, I, I go, I've got a folder that I keep uh, from LinkedIn and, and it comes through into my inbox of young people who write to us and say, thank you for this opportunity. I, I am so deeply grateful. There was no way that the people I knew and the networks that I had would have opened something like this up for me. Yeah. Because, you know, they really are cut off in terms of the networks that they have. Most youth have actually grown up in homes where no parent has worked. So, so they are disconnected from the mainstream economy. And so when these notes come in and you understand how life-changing that first opportunity is for people to get into a formal job, and actually understand the skills needed to operate in the workplace, which is profoundly different from where they've come from. Yeah, and you see right. that transformation in there. It is all the fuel that you need to keep you going. This work matters. Getting young people into work really matters. It is, it is a profound transformation when you get the right person into the right job and we see this not just from the youth side. We've had managers who call us. And these managers are like, oh, my word, we would never have opened up to a cohort like this yeah. um, before, yes. We had such a strict policy around the kinds of people we led into the organization. And we have just discovered the most amazing gems. And we wouldn't have found them otherwise. So this, this is, I think, one of the, the most amazing benefits of the program is the psychological transformation that happens 
for that youth that has a spillover effect in the company, but very importantly in their communities. So we've done um, an amazing series. I hope that your listeners of this podcast go and find it on Showmax. It's a series called The Great Reset. And we took cameras out into the boondocks, you know, other jobs, we created jobs nationally. Our jobs are in rural communities, in villages. We've, we've got uh, jobs in the Eastern Cape. We've got jobs in, in Northwest, you know, we've got uh, jobs in the Northern Cape. And we took cameras uh, out into these communities where youth had been given these jobs. And the cameras go back after work into their communities and households. And what it does is, is it changes people's belief around the possibilities of life for them. I don't think we realize how debilitating the unemployment psychology yeah. is in South Africa. Yeah. Communities make comments like, jobs are not for us. Why even bother putting CVs? We are not going to be, we're not part of that world. They feel cut off from our main economy, from our first economy. And suddenly, yeah. in one village in Mpumalanga, where we had youth on game-ranging programs in the hospitality industry, um, uh, uh, youth getting driver's licenses to drive, uh, to do game drives, some learning to be rangers themselves, others um, in the hotels and restaurants. And those communities around the Kruger Park, where there's millions of tourist dollars historically that have gone into the park, and these youth in the villages don't experience any of the benefits of that. Yeah. And what the YES program has done in communities like that is allow these young people to actually take a, a part in that economy and bring those salaries back home into their village. So this integration of the first and second economy, those communities now have five or six youth that are working at these hotels and parks explaining to the communities how important it is from an environmental perspective to take care of the environment and the animals. So it's got, you know, these double impacts of the education this brings to the community. But most importantly is the mindset transformation. Mm -hmm. Hey, we can work. We do belong in that first economy. And, and there are ways for us to participate. And I think that mindset transformation is just so powerful. That's great, Tash. And I, I, I was reading on um, on one of your, uh, uh, probably on your website, it says experience on a CV and a reference letter triples the likelihood of a callback within three months. A, refer a reference letter doubles the chances of employment for women. I mean, that's so important. So, so even if they're not absorbed into that firm where they get the experience, the mere fact that they're on the program just gives them such an opportunity that they never had. You know, Mike Brown, CEO of Nedbank, uh, yeah. gave a, a talk. Uh, so Nedbank's coming on for their second cohort. They're starting out, they did 3,500. They're starting out this cohort with one nine and they'll, and they'll expand the program later. But Mike Brown said in his history of interviewing people for, for roles, he said the moment you see on a CV that there's some experience there, Mm. His own personal view is it immediately enhanced the likelihood uh, that that person would get a callback. His own experience was that. I mm. mean, what you are reading is research that's been conducted in multiple countries. Yeah. That that experience is a, a powerful de-risker. Yeah. That 
all you need is one other person to vouch for, for and, and it immediately reduces the risk because what the literature tells us is that managers hire from the pool of employed because they're too afraid of what is wrong with you that you are in the pool of unemployed. Yeah. And it's a self-preservation strategy, right? There's a better yeah, likelihood yeah. you're not going to give me a hard time <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to produce results. It's sort of a marker of your productivity that you are from the pool of the employed. And yeah. what this does is it just makes it harder and harder for the unemployed to break into the employment market. So yeah. absolutely, the CV and reference letter is a powerful mover. And I love that stat around young women. Because what it tells me is if you've got a reference letter, people would rather hire a woman, but they just want to know that you've got that that capability. And we've we've been phoning up our alumni youth. We've already got, believe it or not, uh, we've already got about 27,000 alumni youth. And of course, it's very difficult. Youth change uh, their cell phone numbers like they change their underwear. So it takes, <laughs> it takes us time to like, find these youth. You know, that have so you give them the cell phone when they join you and then they change the number. <laughs> they change the number after they finish. Absolutely. Yes. Every youth, youth gets a smartphone and that smartphone allows us to train them. We've got world-class behavioral movies and animations that we built in-house because we actually use telenovela-style st- soap opera storytelling on, on youth that navigate, and they're quite dramatic, these stories, you know, we, they've got um, sexual behavior in the workplace, blesses, uh, high drama. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to keep them fixated. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because that's how people learn. If they're fixated yeah. to a story, they learn. And, yeah. and also these stories, I'm saying they're dramatic, but to be honest, this is the, the lives of normal people that yeah. are navigating through incredible uh, dysfunction in their homes and they've got to get to work in the morning and, and perform. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we created these movies and animations and assessments to help young people navigate through learning through the stories of people who look like them and sound like them and what that journey looks like. And at the end of this, not only are they coming out with the CV and reference letter of their one-year work experience, but they're also coming out with these 21 modules, certified course on on professionalism and workplace-based skills. We also have a lot of financial inclusion in there, so uh, they understand savings and how to manage their money better. But the point I was making is, you know, they're coming out with a CV, reference letter, and this this education in workplace-based skills. And what we found from our alumni that we've been calling is our absorption rate on our alumni samples is 42%, sure. which is, which is a, a number that we were gobsmacked by because, you know, uh, um, it's, it's a pandemic. Um, yeah. And even though, you know, we sort of haven't been hit by this third wave and another lockdown and it feels like business is, is revving up, I, I mentioned yeah that in February, we had our highest number of yes registrations. So we've already got um, about 1,500 company registrations in our system. And and February was the highest month for that. But, you know, still this number was was, was really surprising to us. But it means that that one year is making a difference in the employability um, of these young people. So very exciting statistic for us. Sure. And I I mean, that's just showing you the success of the program and the success of the vision that that the the CEOs had 
and yourself in building this YES program to begin with. And I, I think that's fantastic, honestly. So, I mean, the vision, the vision is one thing, that, that yeah. you can use BE incentives to drive good behavior, right? So, so, so the fact that we've got this BE benefit of one or two levels up on your scorecard uh, makes it a lot easier for companies to buy into the program and invest in the program because mm. there is a real value proposition here. I'm doing yeah. it for country, but there are value propositions. And part of this value proposition is I'm also building a recruitment pipeline. I'm bringing young, fresh energy and skills into my business. Mm. A lot of people have been saying to us, listen, we're using this big yes cohort to select the, you know, the, 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 the prime candidates, the gems that we want to invest deeper in. And we really are finding we really are finding that when we can select from a nice wide cohort, our likelihood of getting the perfect fit is a lot stronger. So companies are understanding how they can use youth to build this recruitment pipeline more cleverly and efficiently. They're also figuring out that they can place these youth into positions that strategically enhance their business. Mm-hmm. And so the program, the YES program, we now on um, just hitting 54,000 work opportunities which is going to be 3.1 billion in salaries going directly into youth wallets. So there there are these high-level macroeconomic numbers that I can share with you on on the number of jobs created and the incomes. But there's this secondary spillover effect that as our companies evolve in the program, figuring out new ways of using these yes placements strategically. And that's really exciting for us because it gives a lot more momentum and sustainability and we now have companies, Liz, coming back for year four of registration. So, so that's just showing how much they've benefited from the program. Absolutely. Now, now Tasha, uh, earlier on we were chatting about um, this kind of ecosystem of sustainability. And, and we had a look at your, your enterprise development program within the YES kind of umbrella and perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about it and about your hubs that you've got sort of scattered throughout South Africa and kind of the work that those hubs are doing and you, you shared with us a beautiful story about life health care and Absolutely. that'd be quite so, so nice. When we talk to companies about their yes investment we always try to get the companies to think about an integrated scorecard Can you do yes? And can you also think about placing these youth into enterprise and supplier development opportunities? Can you think about your yes youth going to become enterprises after their one year? Because let's face it, in South Africa, we have this misconception that you can take someone straight out of school if they've got a matric and they must become an entrepreneur. How do you start a business when you've never worked in a business? So, you know, we try try to encourage our companies, let them do that year of work with a paid salary, and then you can push the promising ones into enterprises, to becoming sole proprietors, becoming ambassadors for your brand. There's a whole lot of ways in which you can push them into a post-yes work experience that feeds your brand. And one of the companies we were talking to was Life Healthcare around local production and and how do you, in a a post-pandemic world where the risk of global supply chain has become very apparent, how do you start to build local supply and local production and onshoring? And, mm-hmm. you, you know, in terms of your, your patriotism and commitment to country, onshoring is a beautiful way to build yeah. future business. I mean, if you are life healthcare, 
you want people earning incomes who are on medical aid that can afford to come to your hospitals. So invest <laughs> exactly. in local incomes and local production in the long term, in the big picture. It's not just about your BE scorecard and getting those ESD points. This is also about your business operating in a market that is thriving, that has people with incomes that can afford your service. Yeah. And so Life Healthcare looked at um, you know, some of the ranges of things that they were importing. And in their maternity wards, when a, when a mother's just given birth, you get this lovely bag and the bag mm. is filled with a whole lot of goodies um, that helps get you through that first very difficult week of a new baby. <laughs> and so we got a designer from Dipstuart to do some beautiful designs for maternity bags. And of course, Life Healthcare has given us an order for 42,000 of these. And we've got three entrepreneurs, one of whom is at our hub in Alex in an accelerator program, where we work with this entrepreneur on Six Sigma production efficiencies, uh, ensuring that all the, the SIPSI registrations, tax compliance, all of that is in, in place, and quality walls so that we can aggregate from a range of entrepreneurs this beautiful bag, and we can meet the quality standards and the mm. quantity that a big company needs. And they're filling the ESD as well. Their, their local supply points are being right. filling, uh, uh, are filling up. And our hub is, 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 is exporting from Alex Township. So one of our hubs is in Alex Township. Right. These hubs are incubators, training facilities. They, they're seeding points for the type of infrastructure that a community needs to thrive. They give yeah. you digital connection. They, give, they bring global best practice and industry best practice into the heart of a community. Young people coming to the facility are exposed. At the Alex one, we've got 3D printing going on. We've got, yes, you working in the 3D printer facility. We're talking to companies about making local parts so that this is a viable commercial business. Now, look at what Alex is exporting. They're exporting bags into a large national listed client. We're making parts from 3D printers. So we're bringing this mm. 4IR know-how into the heart of a community through these hubs that we have. Yeah, We've got another hub in Saldana um, that was funded by Transnet largely. I mean, we've got other funders like Vodacom in there. We've got um, over 3 million in yes youth salaries and 70 youth working at that facility. We've got a massive hydroponics farm there. And this hydroponics farm is youth are working and learning how to produce urban agri-produce. So we've got spinach, tomatoes, hydroponics, mm. lettuce that is being sold to spa, that's being sold to fresh market, that's being sold to restaurants. And so not only are youth learning agri, but they're also right. learning how commercial businesses are run out of these, out of the agri expertise that they're building during that year. And then our third hub is in Timbisa Township, which is one of the largest, I think it's the second largest township in Gauteng. That has got digital programs, early childhood development programs. It's also got a hydroponics tunnel where we taught um, over 100 youth how to do urban agri. Uh, and it has a, a, a restaurant, which was also an incubator for a chef. So, so he built quite an awesome brand out of that hub. Wow. And, and that's the idea is how do we take this infrastructure through your enterprise and supplier development and yeah. place, yes, youth into that infrastructure, but it's in the heart of a community where the spillover effect yeah. um, of that goes so much beyond just what your scorecard spend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the multiplier effect of that money in that community is amazing. 
And yeah. SME, growing SMEs is, is going to be the best way that we actually solve for this unemployment challenge yeah. um, because SMEs in their first five years of growth are exactly where job creation happens. And they're the yeah. most likely to give lower skilled youth those first opportunities. But the important thing, you know, for people listening to this is the way you can get involved is through your, your, your BE scorecard. Start exactly. using that scorecard more cleverly. Use your enterprise and supplier development. Use mm. your yes uh, levels up. You know, those, those, those are really mechanisms where you can build your business, get real value for money, and ensure a thriving operating environment where, where people are working and incomes are being earned. That vision has to be part of your strategy on what is the big picture, what is happening to the country that my business has to operate in. Because no country, no company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, a company is not an island. So, so absolutely. it's absolutely dependent on the community in which it operates, the, envi- the macroeconomic environment. I, I read an interesting story that um, – during lockdown, some of the participants on your program were battling with kind of the stress of lockdown. And what was so nice is I think you guys developed a digital kind of program for them just to kind of help them through and give them support. Yeah, so what was, what's great about the YES program is when we built our strategy and, and, and our vision for how we would scale, it was a digital first model. So if you go to our website as a company, your entire registration can be handled directly through the website. There are some companies we don't have to talk to. They they do the entire program through this digital portal. All of the information they need for their BE level is stored in this portal. We've got a special verification portal for verification agencies. But we did this on the youth side as well. We said, you know, we've got to monitor and evaluate, keep in touch and give youth a standardized training program regardless of where they're working. And so as part of this, we give every yes youth a smartphone when they are placed. Mm-hmm. And that smartphone comes with two zero rated yes apps. Zero rating means the youth don't have to pay um, right. for the data that comes through that app. And we've got, um, we've got these modules that we can build very quickly um, and, and we can post and youth can have access to them. So in COVID, we started getting this, this feeling like we need to know what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. So we did a massive survey. And in like two weeks, we had 4,000 responses. We asked questions about have people in your household lost jobs? How are you feeling emotionally? You know, some of the big things that came up is something like 40% of households had income had halved in, in those households and anxiety levels and depression levels. You know, mm. you're in a community that doesn't understand disease that has been hit hard by the HIV uh, pandemic. You know, something like this is really scary. It looks like it can take you out. So what we did was we very quickly set up two modules. One of our most successful placement uh, programs in the YES initiative is Yoga for Alex. Uh, when we did surveys of our programs, these, these youth were just genuinely happy. So we did a bit of a deep dive to see what are the things that are going on in this program. The youth are so happy. And we actually built um, yoga and um, uh, mindfulness modules based on our insights around that program. 
Right. And, and so we, we did one on being a COVID warrior. And the COVID warrior was everything you needed to understand about COVID, how to protect yourself, how you protect your family, and just becoming an ambassador for good behavior. And the second uh, was, was these yoga and mindfulness and breathing modules to help manage that anxiety. And that's your digital. That's the beauty of digital. You can yeah, it is. people and skill them up uh, in a matter of, of hours. What a great yeah. Yeah. initiative. Yeah. Tesh, so we're coming to the end of our podcast at the moment and um, just listening to kind of how inspirational and creative and in it to win it you've been around the YES program and, and these really, really great ideas that you and your team have done. I suppose I'm sad to hear that you, you're going to be handing over YES, I suppose, to, to your very capable team and that you probably just need to take a deep breath after you leave YES and just sort of reevaluate what you've managed to do over, over the last few years. So will you be involved, do you think, in social projects for change going forward? So I, I do. I do want to take a month to finish, month or two to finish my PhD. I've, right. uh, I've got a few pokers in the fire. Um, you know, there, I, I would always lean towards consulting projects where we can see some kind of social impact rolling out as as part of that. But I do, I do see myself going back into the corporate space and, right. and working with companies on strategy and innovation um, that is sustainable that integrates um, a lot more of, of what is going on in the world into company strategy and innovation. My, my sense is that we haven't moved fast enough and forward enough in, in becoming a lot more mindful and purposeful about the way we do innovation uh, and, and, and growth. You know, a lot of people talk about the pandemic having taught us these lessons and I wonder if, if a lot of companies are just going to slip back into this very myopic way of, of doing business. So, so I, I, do, I do see that the corporate sector and a corporate model of doing things has a lot of impact. And if you look at the way YES has gotten to where it is today, that in a contracting economy, not just in 2020, you know, we've, we've been in this position for a good few years. In a contracting economy, we've created 54,000 work opportunities for youth and 3.1 billion in salaries. And what I can tell you is this was based on having a real value proposition, having a vision and mindset around what YES was going to do in market and using innovation to drive that vision and using business principles. Um, and I suppose from our side, we'd just like to let uh, all our listeners know that the, the YES program is definitely worthwhile. Um, our discussion with Tash this morning has shown us that, that not only are you being a good corporate citizen by investing in YES, but um, there's a very good uh, business case to be made for YES. Just to support what you're saying, you know, we've given close to 500 BE levels up through the YES program. Yeah. So that value proposition you're talking about is very real and, and the renewals and repeat business that we're getting is showing that value proposition is very uh, tangible. And, and that's particularly true if you're battling in your procurement uh, or if you're battling on ownership. So I really do encourage everyone to, to have a look at yes and, and just be with the yes spirit. So thanks, Tash. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Lovely chatting to you, Liz. That was Conversations in Business with RSM. 
Experience the power of being understood. Experience RSM. Visit rsmza.co.za.